Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Eileen Day-McCusick, and we're going to be talking about electric body, electric health. Eileen Day-McCusick is an independent researcher who has been studying health since 1987 and therapeutic sound since 1996. She's the originator of the sound therapy method, Biofield Tuning, and the author of the books, Tuning the Human Biofield and Electric Body, Electric Health. So please enjoy the podcast. I just love this conversation with Eileen McCusick. Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm thrilled and honored to have Eileen McCusick on, and we're going to be talking about her new book, Electric Body, Electric Health. I've had Eileen on a few of my summits, and I just love her work, and we're going to be diving in today. So welcome again, Eileen. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we're airing this podcast kind of leading up to my Body Electric 2.0, which you're a speaker on, which I'm so excited um, to have you again on the Body Electric. Um, But I thought this would be just a great venue um, to share your work in my community via the podcast, and especially because you have a new book out, Electric Body, Electric Health. So can you just share a little bit about your inspiration for your new book? Well, the inspiration was my research of the last really 30 plus years into health and wellness and human potential. And the last 25 years studying how sound affects the body and my explorations and experimentations with tuning forks on and around the human body led to an awareness and a sort of a dawning understanding of the electrical nature of our bodies and also our environment. And the more I got sort of tuned into and turned on by this idea of electric health, the greater health and energy and focus I've experienced. And looking at the body electrically and acoustically and treating it on that level is actually much more efficient, effective, and fun than approaching it from the traditional chemical mechanical perspective that we've all been conditioned into. And so I wanted to share the good news with people that there's actually two more states of matter. And there's also two more forces of nature that you haven't learned about. And that when you expand your cosmological story to include all of this, it gives you new solutions to old problems. So beautifully said. And I, that's a lot of my inspiration for education around these topics. I'm not only for my own uh, discovery and just learning so I can apply this better uh, to patients, but I feel like, again, um, you know, I think we just undervalue, we're like in the middle of a paradigm shift again. And we're, you know, I think a lot of the direction of looking at, especially my world, chronic illnesses is how can we look beyond the functional medicine perspective or beyond the biochemical method and just accelerate patients healing with this approach and this knowledge. And I love how you say it's more fun. I agree. I mean, I, I, I can go into the biochemistry, I can do the specialty labs, but you know, we can see the big shifts, right. And the, the accelerated shifts when we work on these uh, levels. So it's really, I I think there's just so much awareness and education that we still need to do around this topic. You mentioned a, a few wonderful things here. And I guess just in case people are still new to this understanding and what I love about your work too, Eileen, is that 
when we think about these topics, sometimes people can kind of just close their mind and just think, oh, energy medicine, woo, esoteric, and kind of dismiss like how science-based and how factual, you know, this is around how we are wired. You know, we're wired to receive sound, we're wired to receive light, we are electromagnetic. What do you mean when we talk about electric health? Well, what I came to see with the tuning forks, working with the body, really hands in it. For many, many thousands of hours of clinical experimentation, observation, application, was that the body seemed to have an electrical system like in its entirety. And I think that this is sort of where there's a lot of sort of odd division taking place because most people get that their heart is actually electrically driven. Like if anybody gets a pacemaker that's regulating the electrical activity of your heart, if your heart stops, we, we jumpstart it with the same electricity that comes out of the wall. Mm-hmm. And you know, as people get their brain, oh yeah, my brain or my nervous system, maybe the blood carries charge or oh, there's information coming out about fascia and collagen conducting electricity. And so you sort of start to get this picture of like, wow, there's like this system, this electrical system that's powering all of this. There's current running through the body. And that's what the, you know, the difference between being alive and dead you're alive, your light is on, you have electrical current running through your system. And when you die, your light goes out and the EKG goes flat, like that pulse, that rhythm of life has stopped, right? And so that's our electric body. And when we talk about the biofield, so historically, when they started talking about the biofield, it was coined to describe the field around the body, the energy and information of known electromagnetic and like rumored to be subtle energies, you know, and then that's the sticky widget right there. Okay. That's <laughs> rumored to be subtle energies that makes it all pseudoscience and woo woo. But it's a basic law of physics that anything that has an electric current running through it has a magnetic field around it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very simple. Like what's the energy and energy medicine? It's electricity. We can move it with our hands where I'm electromagnetic, you're electromagnetic. I can affect your energy. I can affect your energy in my eyes just by giving you a dirty look. Right? That's electromagnetic. So, so there's nothing woo about it, like nothing at all. It's all just basic physics. Tuning forks work with the principles of resonance and entrainment. They will initially resonate with whatever vibe the body is vibing in. And that way they're diagnostic. Like if I hold them in an area where somebody has sharp pain, the tone actually goes sharp Mm -hmm. and you can hear that. And I can hear that. And the body hears it. And when the body hears itself sharp or flat or full of noise, it actually is designed to tune itself. So that's how sound healing with tuning forks works is that we find atonal zones in the body's electromagnetic field and just reflect that back to the body. And so the tuning forks will resonate with it. The body will resonate with it, but then because a strong coherent mm, frequency will overtake a weak incoherent frequency and it will entrain it into a coherent expression. And so that's what happens. The tuning fork will keep introducing it and the tone and the tone will harmonize and the body will actually harmonize. And then suddenly the pain isn't there anymore. And this is all electromagnetic interaction. Yeah, that's a great description. And I wanted to um, land on this term coherence, because I think, you know, you talk a lot about in in your work, and the more I've studied um, the body electric, and you know, all of these different ways of looking at um, 
or health, you know, I, I, I um, have little talks where I say health is coherence, right? So how, you know, the more coherent our field of information and energy is around us, and then that can be applied to sound and light and all of these other um, mechanisms in the body. But I think, you know, this can still be like a new word for people. So can you just describe this, um, this idea of coherence and then dissonance or incoherence or however you kind of work with those terms? What comes to mind is the work of the HeartMath Institute that's done work with heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. And they've really discovered that when people are feeling love and gratitude and appreciation that they are producing coherent waves. They are producing waves that don't have noise in the signal. They're beautiful, orderly, harmonious expressions of our being. And when we feel things like frustration or anger or hate or jealousy or any of these things, we start producing incoherent waves. And the fact of the matter is, is that our electric body is our blueprint that our physical body is built on. It's got all the information and energy to keep the physical body in order. And so if this system is, has a clear signal, if it is expressing coherent expressions, then that is going to inform the physiology to also maintain a state of coherent. Mm -hmm. The more we embody coherent expression, and I think gratitude is really the way to go. It's so simple. And I know when people are in a really tough place, it's not so easy to muster, but you can start small and work your way up. And I love the thought. My friend Ken Honda in his book, Happy Money, talks about saying thank you 10,000 times a day. Mm-hmm you know, that's going to bring you into a state of coherence. And in that state of coherence, everything in your body functions. All the cells do their thing and it's a happy work environment. But when we come under stress and we start, you know, giving off bad vibes, it's like, you know, somebody's yelling next to your body doesn't function. Right. So So health is coherence. It is everything in phase. It's making music. It's every organ running at its right rhythm and its right relationship to the other organs around it. And then us being in harmonic relationship with our environment as well. Mm -hmm. And that's rarely the case for most people to have that experience. Life is stressful. And, And we've inherited a lot of cultural and ancestral noise in our signals. Yeah, no, thank you for going through that. And I, I love the work of heart math too. And it's like very, I, I think they do a great job. It's complex research, right? They talk about like the heart brain connection and all, all of that, um, but it's so simple, right? Gratitude is such a simple practice and a, it's such a beautiful state to, you know, it's almost like when we see these rise in illnesses, right? There's so much, and again, I'm going to be from the lens because I just see sick people all day, right? That, you know, what what is out of balance and maybe that that movement away from, you know, gratitude um, as a practice. And then you just mentioned these cultural and ancestral potentially influences that are taking us out of coherence um, for our electrical health. Can you just share how you work with those patterns or themes with people? We recently conducted a feasibility study, a sort of a pilot study to determine the potential efficacy of three remote distance biofield tuning sessions for anxiety. And 
I was one of the practitioners in that. So we had five practitioners, we had 15 volunteers, and I had three of the volunteers that I worked with once a week for three weeks. Now, I used to have a really busy practice, you know, like you, I was kind of in the clinic all day, seeing people and treating them one-on-one. And my work, because the sound works on the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the ancestral, I was having a lot of success with my my clients treating everything from pain, depression, sort of general stuckness, you know, that people seem to suffer from. And I started booking like very far out and it just got to be too much. And I ended up switching my model to working with groups at a distance. And so honestly, I haven't really seen three people for three weeks straight since 2017. And so it was a really interesting experience for me to, to get to work with people and to get to almost see the experience through new eyes, you know, based on everything I've learned in the last few years. And what I really have come to, to really recognize in people is that we are at our core, drops of sunshine, really. We're illuminated, radiant, joyful beings of light. That's who everyone is at their core. And what ends up happening is we get so layered in with noise and, you know, lies, misinformation, bad inputs, difficult situation, difficult characters, our ancestors' experiences, because those absolutely inform us too. And there's lots of science at this point that shows that. Our culture is very sick. There's just really no end of, I mean, I've had over 500 biofields and you can, you know, anybody could come in here and start working on me and we would find more noise in the signal because I've worked, had to work through my own experience, my own lifetime, which was kind of traumatic, like not massively traumatic, but enough trauma to like go seeking healing, you know, Mm -hmm. and try to unwind all that out of my system. But also my mom was in Belfast during World War II. She was bombed out of her home, you know, several times. I was an egg in her belly. You know, I had that experience. And and what her ancestors went through, it all is information that informs us. So the knots that we're bound in are actually much more complex than most of us realize. And I think a lot of people approach healing at the level of me and mine and then fail because it isn't just about you and yours. It's about lots of bad programming and bad inputs and noise in the signal. But when we clear the noise out of the signal, And we start to amplify the true, clear, harmonious tones underneath what I call our factory setting. Then that inner rate, then we start to have the experience of that inner radiance, which is our natural state. So everything else is just noise in the signal that our natural state to be in harmony with the cosmos is coherence. And coherence is really a state of love and gratitude. And I know that sounds terrifically idealistic Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the world, the way that it is, but it's there inside of everyone. And it's just a matter of tuning into it and believing in it, amplifying it and realizing that everything else is just kind of... Yeah, no, I love this. And I have a two and a half year old and I, I laugh because I, I tell my friends, I'm like, she came from the happy planet. You know, I, I think we're just, you know, programmed, you know, we come to the world, most of us, you know, with that connection 
to our inherent nature, right, of um, being joyful and present. And, you know, she just laughs all the time. And, you know, she just brings, you know, I think um, us, you know, to those um, spaces and feelings of joy and gratitude that she just naturally is in all day. I mean, she's a two and a half year old, of course, she has her moments, but it's just, I agree that we are wired to be joyful. And, um, you know, there's so much life that can, you know, dim our light. Um, But there's so many tools to, of course, you know, heal that, unburden that so we can experience that. And I I liked what you said about the collective. And, you know, we think about, you know, when I think of the body, I think about, okay, the living matrix, I think the biofield, and then there's this field of energy around us, right, that we can also tune into um, to not only help our own bodies, but also to create a ripple effect in healing the cosmos. And so how do you, do you explore that as well? Kind of thinking about not like what's outside the biofield and, um, you know, how we're tuned into the collective? Well, absolutely. You know, I'm one of those highly sensitive people that was told as a child routinely that I was too sensitive, right? Probably some other of your listeners can relate to that. And so the consequence of that, of growing up as a highly sensitive person was to shut all that down and to really go numb. And and I was went numb for a long time, went numb with sugar, went numb with drama, disassociation, disembodiment. And so healing for me has been this process of like actually coming back into being and back into aliveness and back into connection with all of that. It's not an easy journey because it means that you have to feel it to heal it. Mm-hmm. it. It means being willing to feel your pain. And, but the thing is, is that you've already felt it once. You know, So this, I think that we were kind of afraid. We've been taught to be afraid of pain and want to kill the pain and numb the pain and push it away. But really, most of the time, pain is an emotional, it's an emotion that it's trying to tell us something. If we yield to it and we hear it and we feel it, then very often the pain goes away with it. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's the answer to your question, though. No, no, that, I, no I love that, though. But I think um, that's important because a lot of, you know, a lot of people are listening and have a lot of pain or body sensations. And there's, of course, this cultural story of how to, you know, how to suppress it, how to bury it. But we all know that just only can last for so long, right? The body has a memory and yeah, the, the tools that you use through sound can allow people to connect with it, experience it and release it, right? So then that's not compartmentalized or creating turbulence or, you know, dissonance in, in their body and that leads to health and healing. And so my question was just around how our healing in our own physical bodies, in our own field of energy, how that also translates to connecting to the collective field around us and how, you know, I mean, as we record this, right, it's 2021, you know, the world has gone through so many shifts. And I think a lot of people can feel disempowered or, you know, sometimes hopeless or not sure how to interact with all of the layers of what's going on in society. And where I've kind of come back is like, okay, how do we cultivate healing in our own body in our field of energy and how that can, you know, just, I just have that kind of visual of a ripple effect into the field of the world around us. And so I just, you're, you're so into the, you know, quantum. And so I was just wondering if you had any thoughts or experiences, you know, with your own community around that. Well, anything we change in ourselves, Mm -hmm. we change in the collective because we're absolutely all connected vibrationally. We're all in the same energetic soup. We're all feeding it with our vibes Mm -hmm. and we're either feeding it coherent vibes that are in tune with the natural world, Mm -hmm. or we're feeding it drama vibes 
that are incoherent, stressful. I'm angry, projection, this, that, and blah. You know, you make your waves. Are you, you're, you're basically either bringing harmony mm-hmm. with you wherever you go, or mm-hmm. you're we're bringing discord with you where, wherever you go. There you are, and that's how you're informing and influencing your environment. That's going to be your experience, and it's going to be the experience of people around you. So we all know that good vibes are contagious. Mm-hmm. And we all know that bad vibes are contagious. Mm-hmm. And so the more we work on ourselves to bring ourselves into harmony, the more we impact the world. It's absolutely not a selfish thing to do, to take the time for self-care because you're doing it not only for you, but for everybody who comes in contact with you and even people who don't come in contact with you because we all inform the collective much more powerfully than we realize. Mm-hmm. I think one of the real mind sicknesses that I got infected with through secular education was the belief that I was powerless and that in one person doesn't make a difference and it doesn't matter. And then nothing could be further from the truth mm-hmm. for all of us. We yeah. can all affect the world. You know, even if it's something as simple as giving a compliment to somebody that you're standing by, wow, I love your haircut. Oh, those are beautiful earrings. Oh my goodness, where those shoes. You know, those things make, they lift people's heart. It's not that hard to lift somebody's heart around you. And it, and then they'll go pass it on, right? But we've got to, we've got to be willing to lift our own heart. We've got to feel worthy. Mm-hmm. No, we, we've got to, we've got to tap into levity <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and syntropy. And these are the things that I talk about in my book that when you start to understand that you're electric and that you're con- electrically connected to the natural world, I mean, also to the, to the man-made world as well. But part of this, this awareness is the ability to kind of tune your dial where you want. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, that tuning of the dial is in a gratitude. And it's a very, I guess you would call it a spiritual practice. And I try to go to great lengths to tell people that I'm not a spiritual teacher, because I'm really interested in health. That is what my, my jam is health. It's not just spirituality. It's I want to have a healthy physical body. You know, I want to, I want to get the most I can out of this weird experience that I'm having. And when you're in pain and you don't feel good, you're not having you know, you're not running around like experiencing life and, and, and having fun. Right. I think this like funds become like this dirty word. (laughs) Can't have that. (laughs) We've all got to be like doom and gloom and hopeless and lost. And, and I'd say, no, you just got to get coherent and discover your own aliveness. And the fact that life can, you can still get joy and playfulness and laughter and lightheartedness. And that's what leads to health. Mm-hmm. That's what we need really more than anything. Laughter is the best medicine and music is right behind it. Yeah, no, I think, and we all have access to that, right? You know, it's like we all have the access to these emotions and feelings and tools. Um, but, you know, it's just obviously awareness is the first step and then observation um, and, you know, making a, a practice, right? I mean, how are you guiding you know, I know you go through this in your book, um, but just some pearls around how to take better care of our electrical health. So you've given us a lot of great um, emotional states to uh, and practices to um, have in our make rituals in our life. But what are some other ways that you take care of your electrical health? One way that I think is super important is to be really committed to speaking, writing and expressing only truth. 
to not tell any white lies, to not, because anytime you did, 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 you're putting yourself out of electrical integrity, you're taking coherence right out of your system. And then that's just going to breed off drama and blah, blah, blah. So just be really like when, before you say or express in any way, I'm like, is this ab- the absolute truth? That I'm not going to, nothing but that is going to come from me. So that's one really simple way. The next way is to express rather than suppress. To suppress our truth, to hold ourselves back, to stop ourselves from crying, to make ourselves be strong, to bite our lip when somebody has just done a boundary violation takes a tremendous amount of energy to hold yourself back. So finding ways to healthily and diplomatically express and creatively, artistically, you know, just get it out. It better out than in. This is the motto of biofiltering and that it's like all this energetic constipation of people holding themselves in and back and judging this and then it's so wound up. Like we don't need to sit down and shut up. We need to get up and make noise and sing and dance. And like we, that is the biggest way to really juice up your electricity is, is through joyful expression, you know, take some singing lessons. There's so many free things on, on YouTube, tone, chant, like sing in the car, turn on music while you're making dinner, dance around, get jazzed that you get the juice running by getting the juice running. (laughs) So humming, you know, if you can't, if you can't even do any of that, you can sit down you can hum and you can move humming around in your face and in your body. And that's going to add energy. That's creating electrical energy in your body through resonance and movement, eating food for the most part that is living that has light in it. It's the electricity. It's the light in food. If you eat sugar, for example, like I, I don't know, thousands of pounds in my lifetime before I finally mastered my addiction to it. It has no light. It has no life. It has no juice. In fact, because it has nothing, it actually sucks energy out of your body as it goes through you with, you know, under the guise of giving you a little rush. It's, it's such a liar. So, so, you know, before you eat food, you know, if it's organic or conventional, but this looks old and lifeless, and this looks like it's still full of juice, then go for what's juicy, really just go for what's juicy everywhere in life, (laughs) the people that you love and the things that you love. And, you know, otherwise, we just dry up and life becomes bitter. And that's not aliveness, like a willingness to really uh, recognize your electric self and feed your electric self. What jazzes me? What juices me? What what enlivens me, what makes me feel coherent Mm -hmm. and to do as much of that as you possibly can. Here's one more. Mm -hmm. And that's breath because we can go for weeks. Some people don't eat that I, that I've learned of lately. Um, And some people, you know, go for weeks without days without liquids. We can only go a few moments without breath. And so we've been really trained to think of our breath in terms of this chemical thing, right? Oxygen and our body runs on oxygen. But the fact of the matter is, is that the oxygen molecule has four free electrons and it's the electrons in oxygen that bind to the hemoglobin electromagnetically in our blood. And it's those electrons that get dropped off at cells. So if you're sitting around hunched over doom scrolling and you're not breathing, you are not getting all the electricity to your body that it needs. And so anything that you can do to liberate your breath, to remember, to take more full breaths during the day, to breathe fully into the belly, to breathe in with gratitude, 
right? Ah, like juicy breaths, <laughs> being mm-hmm. by the ocean, being in the forest, being by waterfalls or rivers, all of that is absolutely enlivening because it just gets more of the fundamental primary source of electricity in your body. Mm-hmm. I love uh, some of your terms, energetic constipation, right? <laughs> I'm going to be screening for that in my practice. Right? <laughs> uh, no, I, I love that term. And no, I, I think really, you know, great tools and tips. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so curious because I, I think, you know, you have this beautiful system using sound. And so you can, you know, you can measure kind of people's electrical states through sound, but are there other um, modalities or insights that you find of people? I mean, people can just tune into how they're feeling, right? If you're not feeling good in your body, your electrical health is probably needing to be supported. But when you think about some of the science that you've been studying, are there other windows or uh, measurements um, to our electrical health that can give us an insight to this? Well, a couple of things come to mind. So low voltage and low pH are the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that it gets, so where it's translating chemical speak to electric speak. Mm-hmm. We know that disease happens in a low pH environment. That's because there isn't sufficient electrical juice to power everything. Mm-hmm. So if you just sort of translate low pH into low voltage, mm-hmm. that that's just a sign. It's a sign that you've been discharging more than you've been recharging. Mm-hmm. You've been saying yes when you mean no. You've been putting other people's needs ahead of your own. You haven't been feeling worthy of a nap or, or self-care. You just bleh. And and you know what? Nobody's going to charge you up but you. Like it's your job Mm -hmm. to recharge yourself. Here's just a really simple way. And that is if you think of your voltage on a scale of one to 100 in your little inner battery meter, on a scale of one to 100, where's your charge at right now? And usually when I ask that, you know, a number comes to mind. People are like, have a number come. They just kind of know. Did you have one? What was yours? Mine actually was, I mean, I have my bulletproof coffee here, so I'm at 90, I would say. <laughs> I'm enjoying my conversation with you. Enliven. <laughs> so I, I feel, and it's the morning. So I, um, yeah, I feel really good right now. Yeah. 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 So running between 90 and then, you know, 99, 90 and hundred, that's optimization. And mm-hmm. what most people, what I hear from most people when I ask that in 70, mm-hmm. Some people say 60, some people say even lower, you know, when your phone gets to like 40%, it drops pretty fast and the body is really no different. And so we, we want to start to monitor that inner battery and aim to get it up because no matter what, you're going to have to expend the same amount of energy during the day. So why not expend it in that 90 to hundred range instead of that 60 to 70 range, mm-hmm. you get so much better gas mileage up there. You know, you're focused, you get things done, you know what you need to do, you're clear, you you feel light, you sing. You, <laughs> it's a very better place to operate from. And it's not that hard to get there if you sort of understand what you're doing. You know? mm-hmm. And here's a really simple way. When you think about doing something, if it makes you feel, ah, mm-hmm. that's going to charge you up. And if it makes you feel, Ugh, yeah. then it's going to take you down. And obviously, you know, we all have times in our life where we have to do a lot of the, uh, and there isn't really anything we can do about it. I've certainly been there, but you got to take the odds where you can. Yeah. <laughs> and again, nobody's going to give them to you. Like you got to take them to yourself mm-hmm. and know that that the more odds you take for you, the better you're going to be able to do those us for the people around you. Mm-hmm. So it's not selfish to take care of yourself at all. It's like absolutely necessary. And it's better for everyone around you if you do. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I think that's so well said, you know, as I've been exploring your work and also just, 
you know, these concepts in the body electric. I also think about, you know, how to feel empowered, not only in your own body, but also how you can support and create positive change in the world is that you can be a tuning fork, right? Your, your field of energy can be a tuning fork for, you know, higher vibrations or, you know, good vibes, you know, and that can have a resonance and a ripple effect. And so as you're speaking, I'm thinking of, you know, embracing that, like your energy can, um, lift up not only yourself, but others, as we've been talking about throughout this, um, this conversation. So Eileen, I mean, we, we covered a lot and I think, you know, we have so much wonderful information to always share. And so if people want to dive deeper into learning more through your book, or you're doing training still, and you have this wonderful community around biofield tuning, can you just share a little bit more about how to connect with you? And of course, how to find your new book? Absolutely. So the new book is Electric Body, Electric Health, and it's on in paperback, Kindle and Audible, which I read. And that's available everywhere. You can mm-hmm. find it at any bookseller. Uh, the website companion of that is electrichealth.com. You can also visit biofieldtuning.com and learn about biofield tuning. So we're now offering virtual certification program that uh, that I actually don't teach, but I have wonderful teachers who do. And we discovered very joyfully that biofield tuning could be taught successfully at a distance through virtual learning. And we've gotten incredible feedback from students who many who've said it's the best online class they've ever taken. So I'm really proud of my team for putting together that and really making this work accessible for people wherever they are in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that is an option. Also, there's lots of tuning forks and other things that I've created and invented at the biofield tuning store, including a whole library of audio sessions that I've conducted over the years on all kinds of aspects of being human that people find very helpful to shift their state and change their perspectives. So those are also an option as well. Oh, one more. We have practitioners all over the world. So if you want to get a session, you can find a practitioner and everybody's trained to do it at a distance as well. And so I definitely recommend giving biofield tuning a try if you if that's within the scope of what's possible for you. Um, I always recommend people just do three sessions and see, see what you notice. It can be really life-changing. Mm, love that. And the silver lining, right, of this experience that you can reach more people and we can, you know, just really embrace that this work can be done at a distance. And you have a prolific amount of work that you've created and a wonderful community and we'll post where to find your book. And I just uh, can't thank you enough for spending time um, with me for another interview. So thank you so much, Eileen. Yeah, you bet. My pleasure, Christine. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Eileen Day McCusick. Please check out her new book, Electric Body, Electric Health, and please find your talk on our upcoming Body Electric 2.0 Summit, where you can find out more details, where you can experience this summit live and for free the week of February 22nd. So we hope to see you there. Have a beautiful day.